Good morning. Shall we worship together? Shall we sing together? Would you stand and sing with us, please? One, two, three, four, and... Praise Him, you heavens and all that's above. Praise Him, you angels and Good to see you on this Trinity Sunday. Pastor Cheryl will be here for her first Sunday on June the 26th. The next fellowship supper will be June the 23rd. If you want to be on the prayer chain or buy a meal ticket for the Kairos weekend in June, please see Pastor Jim. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Acts. Chapter 17, verses 16 through 25, 
And if you would like to follow along in your pew Bible, you can find it on page 1010. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he argued in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and also in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Also, some Epicurean and Stoic philosophers debated with him. Some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign divinities. This was because he was telling the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. So they took him and brought him to the Arapaic Pagus and asked him, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? It sounds rather strange to us, so we would like to know what it means. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners living there would spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing something new. Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. What therefore you worship is unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. This is the word of the Lord. Would you please bow your heads as we pray? <coughs> Loving God, we gather in this place today to worship you and give you thanks. We praise you for all you give us. May we always be thankful. Open our hearts and our understanding this morning as your word is proclaimed. Help us to always know that you are with us. Guide us that we may seek you in spirit and in truth. Teach us to be holy for you are holy. Remind us often that we serve you alone and no others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Of course I have some announcements because it wouldn't be Sunday without that. We are doing a church volunteer day. For those who might have volunteered with the San Antonio Food Bank last year when we did our riches program, I had a lot of people ask me when we're going to do that again. So guess what? I went ahead and registered us to do it again. Uh, it'll be June 25th from 1.30 to 4 p.m. And this time we will be in the warehouse packing and sorting food. So it won't be outside. The farm is awesome and I want to do that, just not when it's already been 100 degrees in May. I, I like to live. So we will be doing it in the warehouse, packing and sorting. I don't think there's any strenuous activity with that. Sometimes it's cleaning. But it's the same procedure as we've done before. You have to, each person has to individually register. So if you're interested in joining us for that, please email me or grab me so I can let you know more about it. Um, I don't always remember things on Sunday that you tell me on Sunday until like Saturday night at like 11 o'clock the next Sunday. So if you email me, children at hhumc.com, and say, I really want to do the food bank volunteering, I will make sure I get that information to you so you can register. We have a limited number of spots, and I would love to fill them all and, and bless our community that way and learn what the food bank does for our area because it's so much for, more than just passing out boxes of food. It is a huge, a huge organization that supports most of South Central Texas 
and it's located right here in San Antonio. So it's a great way for us to get plugged in and serve our community as well. That's June 25th, 1.30. The last announcement is that we are going to be having youth days throughout the summer to try to help build relationships in our youth group and rebuild our youth group. We do have youth in the church. I know we don't always see them on Sunday morning because they're sleeping, but they do exist. They're not, they're not like pretend. They're not made up in my head. They're out there. In fact, I see four today. So... We are going to have youth days, so you guys can gather together, you can hang out, you can build friendships together, so that when we come back together in the fall and we try to start up youth programs, Pastor Cheryl is hugely supportive of the youth group, youth group, just like Pastor Jim has been, and she would love to see it grow. And so that's what our goal is here. So we're going to hang out, do fun things. I promise I won't preach at you the whole time. Um, so stay tuned for that. Parents, I will be putting it up on Facebook and on the website, and I'll make announcements for it uh, next week. But I wanted to let you all know that was coming and to look for it because we want our youth to have relationships and to see the church as a safe place to be, especially on the weekend when you all can be out doing other things. I know. I was your age once. All right. We're going to invite Miss Rebecca up here. Miss Rebecca is going to do a children's sermon for us. And before she, I'm going to embarrass her again. I did it at first service. We all got to love on Pastor Jim between services. But this lady, I don't know if you all know this, she has been a support and a blessing to the children's ministry since the first day she stepped on our campus. She has prayed for us. She has um, mentored both myself and the person who came before me. She has shared advice. She's shared wisdom. She calls me up or texts me out of the blue to make sure that I am doing okay in ministry. And we wouldn't have the ministry we have today without Miss Rebecca. So I wanted to give her some love and let her know that we're grateful and we love her. Well, would the children come forward for children's time? Thank y'all for coming. Good morning. Good morning. So some of y'all have heard my story already, but I'm going to tell it again. Is that okay? So my brother Dale was a pole vaulter. Y'all remember what a pole vaulter is? It's someone who, it's a track and field sport, and they have a big, long pole, and they run, 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 run real fast down the track. They plant that pole, and then that helps hoist them way up high over a pole that's way up there, and then they fall down into this soft pit. And my brother was really good at pole vaulting, probably because he practiced all the time. You know, if you want to get good at something, that's the way to do it, to practice, practice, practice. Well, he was so good that he was on his way to a regional track meet. And if he won there, he got to go to state. And to go to state when you're in a sport is a really big deal. So he was practicing after school just a few days before the trials. He was run, 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 planted his pole. He's on his way up over when crack, this loud sound. And my brother comes tumbling, tumbling down. He didn't fall into the pit. He fell on the hard ground, but thank the Lord he wasn't hurt. But that crack was his pole. It broke right in two. And poles are very expensive, so we, he only had one pole. And the school had another pole that he could use for the upcoming track meet. But there's something about poles. They're made for you, your size, your height, and your weight, and where you grip. So they're made specifically for you. So the one that he had wasn't made for him. And he tried really, really hard with that pole. But he was very discouraged because he couldn't really even hardly get off the ground. He came home that day from school, and my dad could really tell he was upset. 
and he said, come on, we're going back to that school. We're going to get that pole, and we're going to practice. Well, they practiced till it was dark, and my brother wanted to practice some more. So my dad took his GMC truck up onto the playground, put on his headlights so my brother could see the track, and he ran until and jumped until way late. And they did that for the next two or three days. And then on Saturday, they came to track meet. We all went out to support my brother. We were cheering him on. But he didn't even place, which means he wasn't going to state. And he wasn't going to get to try again because he was a senior. And he was very disappointed. And he came home, and he moped around and just was really, really sad. Can you imagine how sad he was? Because that was his last chance. Anyway, about a week or so later, he was happy again. And my brother Dale is a happy-go person, always telling jokes. And I said, Dale, what was it that made you get from being unhappy to happy? And he said, well, first off, I realized I couldn't change anything. I did my very best, and that's all I could do. Number two, he realized that we were there supporting him, and Dad had got the truck up onto the track to help him practice even until the wee hours. And the third thing he said was, well, baseball season was coming, and if he didn't snap out of it, he wasn't going to be a very good baseball player. <laughs> so, you know, I thought about that story as I was coming today, and I, it reminded me of Psalm 23, verse 4, where it says, even though... I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou, God, is with me. You see, God was with my brother. He's with us when we go through tough times. He teaches us in those tough times. You know, I think the three things my brother learned, and it's something that I hope we all learn, is number one, we can't change the past. So just have to let it go. Number two, even when we're in the middle of horrible things that happen to us, we can rejoice and find good things in it. And number three, even when we're in bad times, there's always sunshine on the next block. Would y'all pray with me? Dear God, thank you that you're always with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for coming. Thank you for listening to my story. Thank you. Well, I'll start our rainbows and rattlesnakes. With the rainbow that it is to see all of you here on this nice, cool June morning, praise the Lord. And I'll start with the rainbow, too. I, I pray, and I'm, I'm really not joking, and hope all of you have air conditioners that are working well. Praise the Lord for AC, especially this time of year. Although yesterday I was wondering, I looked out and the, my thermometer said 107 and my air conditioner I had set on 74. You know, there's some weirdos down there at, I won't mention the name, but they said you should set your thermostat on 78. Dear Lord, that's heat, that's not air conditioning. I had it set on 74. When we got back from McAllen yesterday, when I came in, the thermometer in the house said it was 78, and it stayed on 78 a long time, even with the air conditioner blowing, right? By this morning, it was 68. 
praise God. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. I have a rattlesnake. I also have some other rainbows. Let me see. Carl and Rebecca and Carol Ann are gone, but in this service we have John and Val. Uh, as I said, we all returned from annual conference yesterday. We went down to annual conference in McAllen on Wednesday. The rainbow I have is we had a good annual conference, and Cheryl is officially appointed to this church as of, you know, I guess about 6 o'clock on Friday evening. Told a lot of you at the reception, we had the retirement ceremony. There were 11 of us that retired this year. There were 11 elders that retired, and the rattlesnake is there were only two that were ordained. So we need to pray for people to answer the call. But in any case, the other uh, rainbow is the retirement ceremony was at 2 at 5.45 or 6 o'clock that afternoon. I was reappointed. So I'm, I'm, I've taken a part-time position in the district office. Retirement didn't work out too well for me. So, uh, so, so anyway, enough of that. I have, a, I have another rattlesnake. Don and his wife have been attending here, I don't know, maybe six weeks or so. Don had a stroke and is in Santa Rosa, so we want to lift him up. Oh, Lord, we pray. What other rainbows and our rattlesnakes do we have to share with each other this morning? Thank you, Jesus. My son-in-law bring me to the church. This is great because uh, my daughter is in Cleveland. And today is the 48th birthday of my youngest daughter in Mexico, Solzhenitsyn. Well, praise the Lord. When's Georgette going to be back? Wednesday? Okay. Okay. So we pray for travel mercies for her as well. Oh, Lord, we pray. I'm going to blame it on my age and on being nervous. I neglected to thank Debbie for the beautiful flowers that she did. We put them at the Welcome Center. She's going to do them next uh, in two weeks when we welcome Cheryl. So she was one of the ones that came and so, because of my age and the loss of my recent loss of my husband, I apologize to Deb, Debbie and hope that y'all will at least look at them and then notice them. And we will give them to, they will go to Rebecca. Debbie, I, I really apologize. Praise the Lord. Yes, I have a rainbow. I would like to thank my wonderful wife for letting it be me 59 years ago this Tuesday. All right. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Good for you all. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Approximately a month and a half, maybe two months ago, we were praying for a good dear friend of mine, Kathy, that lives in Alabama. She was suffering from depression, and she's doing a lot better right now all right as of this week and think she's pretty much beat it so. okay 
Well, praise Thank the Lord. You. Yeah, and we'll still lift her up, but she yes. gets better and better day by day. Oh, Lord, we pray. I'd like to ask for prayers for a family of uh, a dear friend of mine and also a fellow veteran from the wars, uh, Dana Hartacker, who passed this last week. Uh, prayers for his family, his daughter, and his friends. Okay. We want to lift their family up. Oh, Lord, we pray. All right. Praise the Lord for missionary trips. Oh, Lord, we pray. I'd like to ask for prayers for my family. Um, found out last Sunday that uh, one of my uncles, he passed away uh, that Tuesday or Tuesday before. So uh, just prayers for the family uh, and my definitely my uncle. I know he did not live a good Christian life, so just pray for his soul. Okay, so we want to lift up the Birdsall family. Yes. Oh, Lord, we pray. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we do thank you for this day and everything that you bless us with. We thank you for the celebrations we've heard about today. We lift up those who need healing. We lift up those who will need travel mercies shortly. We lift up those around the world who are in areas of violence. We lift up all those who don't have the basic necessities of life. Lord, we lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world that they would seek and do your will. And Lord, we ask that you open our ears and our hearts and our understanding as your word is proclaimed this day that we would become better followers of your son who taught us to pray saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. be seated. Well, this morning we're going to talk about a subject that's near and dear to everybody. We're going to talk about idolatry because of we look around and we see the things that are going on in the world. We see the things that are going on in our individual lives and families, and we see the things that are going on in the church. And when we do that, there's really a common denominator there. The enemy of the church these days, and, and actually always, is not secularism. It's not 
everything else that's going on in the world is idolatry. It's idolatry, pure and simple. And this is why the first commandment is to have no other gods before God. When we keep that in place and we keep the proper perspective, everything else falls into place. But sadly, most of us forget that periodically and look to other things for our fulfillment, for our fulfillment, and we find them. What is idolatry? The simple, the simple straightforward definition would be worshiping things that man has made instead of worshiping God who made man. It really is that simple. But we get all sorts of other things in the way and confused about it. Our scripture reading this morning, I should say our second scripture reading because the first scripture reading, the one that Patty read earlier out of Acts chapter 17, really does go hand in glove with this passage. But our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, the first 10 verses. And the little subheading that I have in my Bible, which is pretty good, it says, idolatry has brought ruin on Israel. Consider the word of the Lord. Hear the word that the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, do not, do not learn the way of the nations, or be dismayed at the signs of the heavens, for the nations are dismayed at them. For the customs of the peoples are false. A tree from the forest is cut down and worked with an axe by the hands of an artisan. People deck it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nails so that it cannot move. Their idols are like scarecrows in a cucumber field, and they cannot speak. They have to be carried, for they cannot walk. Do not be afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, nor is it in them to do good. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great in might. Who would not fear you, O King of the nations? For that is your due. Among all the wise ones of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is no one like you. They are both stupid and foolish. The instruction given by idols is no better than wood. Beaten silver is brought from Tarshish and gold from Uphaz. They are the work of the artisan and the hands of the goldsmith. Their clothing is blue and purple. They are all the product of skilled workers. But the Lord is the true God, 
He is the living God and the everlasting King. At His wrath, the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure His indignation. The Word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who made the heavens and the earth and all that is in them, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Edwin Friedman, who is a Jewish rabbi, very very instrumental in a uh, psychological discipline known as family systems, said one time that all idolatry is a quest for certainty. Interesting thought, I think. And in that, in that quest for certainty, a lot of people are also looking for security. And of course, certainty and security are both chimeras. They, you know, they're they're not going to be around. Or as Helen Keller said. Security is mostly a superstition, right? Mostly a superstition. It's really not enjoyed by the children of man, right? We might think we're secure, but who knows, you know? Who knows? I want to read one other scripture before we talk a little bit about what Jeremiah wrote here that comes from Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I want to remind us all that The reason God gave Moses the law to promulgate to the the children of Israel was that so they could teach the nations, right? So they could, as as Jesus told us in Matthew 5.14 in the Sermon on the Mount, when he said, you are the light of the world, that was God's intention all along, for the children of Israel to be the light of the world, to show people how they could live and have an abundant, good life. That's what it's about. That's all it's about. It's, a, it's not about control or anything negative, how, however anybody wants to look at it. It's so because God is the author of life, and God wants us to have abundant lives, which is another dichotomy that we see there when we talk about idolatry. All idols are dead, right? But God is living. Deuteronomy chapter 28, starting with verse 1, it says, if, right, that's that biggest word in the English language, two-letter word, biggest two-letter word, if you will only obey the Lord your God by diligently observing His commandments that I'm commanding you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. i got to stop there, right? That's pretty good, blessings overtaking you, right? It's almost like they're running after you, trying to catch you, is the, the, the picture that's drawn, drawn there by the author. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your livestock, 
both the increase of your cattle and the issue of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. So Jeremiah starts out there saying, Do not learn the ways of the nations, right? What are the ways of the nations? There are a bunch of them. I thought of a few to, to think about this morning. I think one of the first ones that might have been in Jeremiah's mind was the fact that the way of the nations is to turn us, to turn people into a means to an end instead of being an end in themselves, right? They were slaves. They were slaves in Egypt. Their worth was determined by how many bricks they could make, right? In many ways, in certain situations today, we're not so far removed from that, right? We think our worth comes from what we do, you know? That's a way of the nations. Our worth comes from what and who we are. We're God's creation. We're God's creation created in God's image. And our worth comes from the fact that God made us and God loves us. That's where our worth comes from. It doesn't come from what we do. And then another way of the nations, it's, it, it talks about another place in Deuteronomy. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 12. It says, don't be ensnared. Another great literary term. Don't be ensnared by the ways of the nations, right? The ways of the nations ensnared the, the, the children of Israel as they do us from time to time and lead us astray. And again, as Jeremiah said down there later on, they're just, are just stupid, right? They're just stupid. And then another way of the nations that I, that I want to emphasize is found in 1 Samuel chapter 8. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, because Samuel's kids of Joel and Abijah were rotten. They were rat finks, right? They were rotten to the core, and the other leaders of Israel said, you know, Samuel, when you croak, you know, we, you, we can't turn over the deal to your sons, right? So what? We want to have a king. We want to be like all the other nations. That's what it says there in, in 1 Samuel 8, 5. We want to be like all the other nations, right? And Samuel told them, you know, y'all are making a big mistake. You really don't want a king like all the other nations, if you get a king, he'll draft your sons into the army and, and, and send them off to war. He'll take your daughters and make them into cooks and perfumers and all other sorts of menial tasks, and he'll tax you to death, right? Yeah. It says that. It's in there. You know, you can check it. Fact check me. You can see if it's there. As he says, you really don't want to be like all these other nations, you know? God's given you a much better option, a much better option. 
And then I love that, you know, the next part talking about idolatry specifically, he says, idols are like a scarecrow in a cucumber field. Wow. Isn't that a lovely picture? I mean, really, if you think about it, it, it's, it's great. A scarecrow in a cucumber field, right? There you have something stuffed with straw, singing if I only had a brain, right? And it's surrounded by cucumbers, right? Surrounded by cucumbers, something that are lovely and living and growing, right? Patsy just read in Acts chapter 17 there. By the way, Luke's second book, which is called the Acts of the Apostles, right? The Acts of the Apostles, A-C-T-S. Does everybody know what Acts means? It means praxis, right? It's, it's doing things, it's, okay? It's, Acts means doing things. Of course you know what it means. But I just want to remind you, it's not the, the thoughts of the apostles, or the intentions of the apostles, or the good ideas of the apostles. It's something they actually did, right? It's something they actually did. So we find Paul in Athens. Paul is in Athens, and he's strolling around the town looking at all the different gods, all the different idols they've made, and he comes to the idol of the unknown god, the god that you can't see, and he tells them, this is the God that I worship, right? This is the God that I worship. Tells us another interesting thing there about the Athenians. Again, I like, you know, y'all know, y'all know me by now at this point. One of my reoccurring things is to make things reoccur so hopefully we don't forget them. And Patsy read it not 30 minutes ago. It said the Athenians and the foreigners that were with them all the time sat around and talked about new things, right? Just whatever was going on, right? We do the same thing, right? We've just got better technology. We have Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that, but people are just sitting, sitting around wondering about the new ideas, right? There aren't any new ideas. There's just, there's just new technology to promulgate the ideas and to pass the gossip around, right? I mean, I know a lot of y'all are like me, right? You don't repeat gossip. I don't repeat it, so listen carefully the first time, okay? And you'll remember it, okay? But that's what the people of Athens were doing. That's what the people of Athens were doing. And Paul said, you know, the true God is spirit, and you worship God in spirit and in truth. Now, I'd like for all of us to, to just think a little bit and think later, think a lot. What are the idols in your life? What are the things that turn you away from God when you should be depending upon God? You know, in, in two chapters later, in Acts chapter 19, which I'd like go read Acts chapter 19 this afternoon or sometime this week. It's, it's one of the most amazing chapters, actually, in the whole book of Acts. But one of the things that happens in Acts chapter 19, Paul is in Ephesus, and, and Paul is, of course, preaching about 
what would Paul preach about? He'd preach about the same thing that Jesus preached about, right? The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, right? Because God and the kingdom of God are reality. They are reality. So it said Paul was preaching in Athens about the kingdom of God. And, of course, not Athens, excuse me, Ephesus. Paul was preaching in Ephesus about the kingdom of God. I'm sure he did in Athens as well. But in Ephesus was where they have the temple to Artemis or Diana, right? It's one of the seven wonders of the world, right, or one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And, And, of course, just like we do, it was a tourist attraction, and the people that lived there made money off of the fact that that was the, the temple of Diana was there. So they made these little idols. Well, they got all sorts of upset because Paul said, God's not an idol made by hands, and God doesn't live in a shrine. So the, the idol makers were afraid that the idol selling business and making business was going to you know, go into a recession. So they tried to get Paul and they raised a stink. But at one point it says in there that the people got up and said, great is Artemis, great is Artemis. You know, they believed that this idol had fallen out of the sky there in Ephesus, and they made these little relics that looked like it. Two hours. That's worse than listening to me for 20 minutes, right? Two hours, they, they, they got up and said, great is Artemis, great is Artemis, great is Artemis. But aren't we doing the same thing? Aren't we doing the same thing when, when we forget that the only power comes from God? And when we think the solution lies in something other than God, when we think the solution is something other than God, or when we are afraid, we're doing the same thing. We're saying great is Artemis. So this morning as we leave here, I want us to remember God is the living God. God is the only God. God isn't in anything that's made by human hands. And like I said earlier about the Acts of the Apostles, if we believe this, we need go out and act like it. As it says in James 1.22, we should be doers of the Word of God and not hearers only. And if we do that, we will realize in our lives Jesus' words, you know, when he said what? He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Amen. Now go in peace. And as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen.